Welcome to Maple City Pipecast, the journey of a novice through the world of pipe smoking. Hey, Maple City Pipecast, Dave here, and today we are going to do another in the Everyman series. It's going to be a special Christmas gift for you. Typically, I've been interviewing people that don't work in the pipe and tobacco industry. So I haven't interviewed any carvers. I haven't interviewed anyone from any of the major or even minor tobacco shops and businesses. Nobody from SmokingPipes.com, nobody from C&D, nobody from even the boutique shops like the Country Squire. But I have with us today somebody who has become an entrepreneur, who has opened his own business. Let's go to the interview and hear what he had to say. Good afternoon, morning, evening, wherever you are listening to the podcast today, everybody. I've got a special guest with us today. We are going into December and we're near to, we're near to Christmas, but I've got a special special guest today. We are going to be here with the man, the myth, the legend, Bo York. Bo, how are you doing today? Oh man, I'm uh, ho ho ho. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm the Santa Claus coming into the uh, the Maple City, man. Like it's uh, it's great to be here. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Oh, thank you for agreeing to do it. Oh, absolutely. Okay, so I'm just going to start right into the questions. What drew you to pipe smoking? Oh man, okay, so to to go there, we gotta we gotta take it back several years. <laughs> um, back when I was living in Memphis, Tennessee, I had just moved from my home uh, town in Jackson, Mississippi. I'd actually just gotten married and just gotten um, pseudo promoted. I guess I guess I was was working at the same company, but was in a different market and uh, didn't know anybody other than my my wonderful wife and. Uh, you know, we were in that first year of marriage, mm-hmm. like trying to kind of figure everything out. You know, there's a lot of stress with that. There's a lot of stress that comes with being in a new city and, and not having that kind of sense of community. And so there were some things I wanted to do to kind of help with my stress. And I had this imagery in my head of sitting down and doing a watercolor painting mm-hmm. and smoking a pipe. And I just, I wanted to see, you know, I just kind of wanted to, I guess, um, pursue that imagery. Uh, and so I, I picked up some watercolors at the the local uh, art shop, and I also picked up some pipe and pipe tobacco at the the local pipe shop. One of many local pipe shops, yeah. I should say. Uh, unfortunately, my my first pipe shop experience was not that great. And on top of that, you know, when you're kind of new to the craft, and you don't mm-hmm. really have that kind of you know tutelage, that kind of uh, Obi Wan Kenobi, if you will, to bring you through the skill set, it can be it's a it's a rough transition uh, in, inward, and so. To try and like pursue this idea of this stress-free existence of painting and smoking a pipe for someone who has never painted nor smoked a pipe, uh, yeah, it was not. It was not stress-free. <laughs> it was actually very stressful. Yeah, I bet. I've tried some watercolors and and whatnot back a back a bit ago. I find I'm okay with acrylics, but I don't really have the patience for it either myself. So. I can understand the stress <laughs> behind that. It's funny because I actually look back on it and I've, I've maintained those paintings and I maintained that pipe uh, that I kind of mostly used during that era. And I, I kind of look at them with kind of this love-hate relationship because it's like, oh, look at me trying to paint. Oh, yes, this pipe that caused me such frustration. <laughs> <laughs> but it is, I mean, that is that is part of my origin story. That was my first step into the world of pipes and pipe tobacco. Mm-hmm. So leading into, into the next step or maybe a few steps down the road, how did you discover the Country Squire? Well, see, that's honestly the reason why I'm still in, in and actually what pulled me back in. So after several failed attempts and, and just kind of a lack of pipe community that I I found in Memphis. There's a great pipe community there today, and I'm sure there was a great pipe community there at the time as well. I just had a hard time knowing where to plug in. 
Mm-hmm. I kind of put the pipe to the side. Like I, right. I just, you know, kind of figured like, all right, I can't figure this out. I, I watched some YouTube videos, but I still couldn't quite get down the mechanics of it. And I didn't really have that community that that really worked for me and, and could kind of help me understand this and that I could feel like I was a, a part of. So put it to the side and was in Memphis for about five years and eventually moved back to Jackson from Memphis. Okay. And odd, oddly enough, even though Jackson was my hometown, since I'd been away, a lot of the folks that I knew growing up had all moved and they were not actually you know, in town anymore. And so I was like, you know what, if I'm coming back to my hometown, I want to do this in kind of a, a way and, and kind of branch out, meet some new folks and, and really get plugged in. And so through a mutual friend of me and John David, mm-hmm. I actually met John David. We actually had a men's prayer group that meet, met on a, about, a, about a weekly basis okay. and we would get together and uh, the guys would... Uh, smoke cigars and pipes, and and so I was like, oh, sweet, this will give me a chance to try to get back into it. And at the time, John David was working at the Country Squire. He was the manager of the mm-hmm. shop. And if if you hear a little background noise right now, I'm actually sitting at the Country Squire, so that that's what's going on <laughs> at the moment. Um, and so I apologize to your listeners if it, if it kind of comes in kind of crazy loud, but but yeah, so we we got a chance to know each other and um, uh, and met through that that route, and it was wonderful because. For the first time ever, I found myself wanting to get back into pipe tobacco with somebody who was kind of like a trained Obi-Wan Kenobi, mm-hmm. somebody who was actually, you know, trained in, in letting people know how to, to come back into it. And so John David was able to kind of mentor me as essentially a new pipe smoker. And uh, yeah, man, through that, I discovered the Squire and uh, discovered the great community that's here. And it kind of trickled from our, our Bible study to the uh, expanded world of the country Squire. Right, and yeah, you know, I've I've heard you talk about that particular story before on uh, on the show. I think you've mentioned it uh, once or twice at least, and it led me to start thinking: what got you thinking about Country Squire Radio? Where were the origins of that from from? And by extension, of course, your company, Pottery Studios. How did you how did you go about deciding to do that? All that? Yeah, man, absolutely. So my professional background was in telecom. Uh, in telecommunications, mm-hmm. uh, in retail, in marketing, and product development. And uh, worked for a great company for seven years, loved that company, uh, still think very highly of it, but really saw an opportunity in the world of podcasting. I knew that I really enjoyed podcasting. Um, you know, I'd been listening to podcasts since podcasts were called podcasts right. or even before then. And I, I recognized kind of the the relationship that was developing between myself and the people that I listened to because mm-hmm. uh, we had come together over a shared interest. But through that process, I felt very kind of bonded to these folks. Uh, almost like this wasn't just me enjoying entertainment, but almost like a relationship was being formed, even right. though the voices that I was listening to had no no idea that my existence was right. even out here, right? Um, and so I was like, man, that's really powerful. Like the, the, this seems, this, this world of podcasting, that just seems like there's a lot of opportunity here. And it was an opportunity I really wanted to explore. And so um, right after my seven-year anniversary at my company, I had a opportunity that um, to take a risk and try to launch my own company which became Pottery Studios and uh, left on good terms good, with good. my with my employer which is always good um, but uh, was really excited to, to try something different and the first person I thought of when it came to creating a podcast kind of around an experience so to speak was the country squire and so I sat down with John David and um, you know kind of told him like you know this this is this is a great experience that you've got here uh, and this is an experience that I think would be really worth providing for your customers even when they're not at the shop. And so the idea was to give the spirit of the Country Squire, take the spirit of the Country Squire and put it in the form of a podcast that existing customers could kind of take with them 
and enjoy. So even while they're at work, they can kind of mentally come back to the squire, mm-hmm. right? Like a, a kind of almost like an escape to, to come back to the shop um, and, and kind of increase that, that relationship that existed there uh, through the intimate nature of podcasting. And so that was the original concept. But what we found it with pretty early on, like within the first 10 episodes, mm-hmm. is that not only did it resonate with the local community, but it resonated with the pipe community broadly because so many of us were very much like me in my early stages of smoking a pipe, which is mm-hmm. kind of lacking and longing for community. And the country squire here tucked away in the middle of Jackson, Mississippi, you've got this beacon of that community that we just accidentally shared with the world. And the world really kind of latched right. onto it. And so um, it, it kind of grew exponentially from there. Yeah, and I'm one of those people. Like, I'm sitting here in Chatham, Kent, Ontario, Canada. I've never actually been <laughs> down to Jackson, although I've got plans in the works to come down at some point. We got to get you. Are you coming for the pipe night, man? Uh, I can't get down that quickly, unfortunately. There's paperwork I need to do because I either need to get my passport or my enhanced driver's license, and I haven't quite figured out how to go about doing either and which is the least expensive. So I won't make it for <laughs> November, unfortunately. No, nah, don't worry. We got to get you down here sometime for sure. Oh, yeah. Like, there's, a, there's a couple of places I want to go, like your uh, John David shop to see, see you guys down there, of course. The Chicago Pipe Show I want to get to. I'm at a point here doing my show where I know I got to start networking. Oh, man. Yeah. And the, there's no better place to do it than Chicago. Mm-hmm. I mean, the first year that we went, um, you know, we were we were very honored that one of our sponsors at the time uh, brought us to Chicago. And we were able to, to do a live broadcast there uh, from a table. And they got us like prime real estate, too. It was right at the doors. People were coming in. And it was kind of the first time that we were engaging uh, as a show with people in the pipe industry that, that maybe were not aware of us, right. um, especially, uh, you know, especially kind of some of the, the older listeners or potential listeners rather, um, who may not have been aware of what podcasting was. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was several conversations that were had on the showroom floor about what is a podcast, what, what, you know, there's like, what network are you broadcasting off? Like, you know, what station is this? And so we had to kind of unpack that the station is the internet and we're broadcasting around the world. And, uh, you know, so, once kind of that that was explained, you know, a lot of folks got on board, and so it was a great way to to educate mm-hmm. people who were already, you know, you're talking like diehard uh, community members. I mean, if you're if you're going to the Chicago Pipe Show as a fan and not as a in industry person, then you know you're in. You know what I mean? Right, like that sure. that is the that's the prime uh, Country Squire Radio listener. And, uh, and honestly, the kind of listeners we want, because those are the kind of listeners that keep us honest. Those are the ones that will write in and give that, you know, oh, you know, did you hear about this? Or, oh, you know, you said this, which is right, but have you thought about it from this angle? Or, you know, you're on the occasion of you're totally wrong and here's why. You know, those are the kind of listeners that we want, that kind of feedback and that kind of engagement. Right. Me too. Um, I know from uh, some of the interviews I've done prior to this, um, I've been talking to people. And uh, the guy I interviewed last night, just before talking to you today, also a Country Squire listener, so that bled into that interview a little bit as well. We compared what we've, tr- oh, wow. we've we compared yeah. from what we tried from uh, from the Squire and a few other things and notes on the show just between us beforehand and whatnot. So there's a little behind the curtain there for you. Um, but uh, <laughs> where was I going with that? I totally forgot. <laughs> 
Well, I will say that, you know, one of the biggest, um, you know, the, the, the biggest kind of core value, in my opinion, to Country Squire Radio is John David Cole. Oh, yeah. um, you know, you're talking about a, a man with a, a ton of integrity, a ton of talent, a ton of experience. And just, you know, honestly, you, you get him on the mic and, you know, we've seen it over and over again. People are saying, like, just have John David read the phone book. You know, we, we just want to <laughs> listen to that that down home Southern draw and, uh, and you know, the, the welcomeness of his voice. You know, he's he's kind of like, um, you know, just just such a rarity mm-hmm. uh, because he really does uh, represent this uh, uh, extreme skill set in all of these different areas. He checks off a lot of boxes, so to speak. But on top of that, he's genuine. And that's something that I think really comes through oh, yeah, to, for sure. through the podcast. You know what I mean? Like it's I think I think we've entered into a day and age where people can kind of sniff out what's not genuine, right? Like, oh yeah, definitely. There's, there's different, um, you know, companies or different, and I'm not talking about our industry per se, right. but I mean, I think this is, this is universal. Um, you know, whether you're developing cars, tobaccos or otherwise, you know, people try a lot of gimmicky like stuff to try to kind of create a fake relationship with their customers. With John David, it's different. Like with John David, what you're hearing is what you're getting. Like this is very much authentic. Um, and, and I think that that really resonates with people because we've, we've almost lost that sense of authenticity when everything becomes digitized. And so it's, it's nice to be part of an industry in the form of podcasting where authenticity is so clearly on display and people can kind of latch on and know that what they're hearing is what they're getting. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree with that. And what I I just, while you were talking, I remembered where I was going with my, my, uh, aside there for a moment, um, where I was, the point I was trying to make was uh, the guy I was talking to, uh, Tim last night, he told me he'd been listening, uh, off and on to, to my show and liked the shorter format of it and just gave me, gave me feedback right then and there as to what he liked, what he didn't like. It, It was great. I hadn't intended that, but, and of course it's not in the interview, but, I appreciated the uh, the candor for sure. Absolutely, yeah. That whenever you get a chance to engage with the listeners, it's it's huge. Okay, so I'm going to move over to talking uh, about Pottery just a little bit. Just a quick question on that. Sure, absolutely. Are there any projects that you've worked on in the past, present, or anything that's upcoming? You don't have if there's something that isn't out yet. You don't have to you know give details about that resonate with you personally. For the last past year, we've actually been working on a passion project of mine that is very kind of locally specific to Mississippi, Mm -hmm. but one that I think can draw a lot of interest from uh, around the country and potentially the world. And that is, um, you know, we've created an eight-episode documentary-style miniseries about our state's flag. And for those not aware, the Mississippi state flag is is the last to um, have such kind of blatant Confederate iconography on it. And to say that's a controversial issue is, is perhaps an understatement, especially here. And so there's, there's a lot of different voices and debate that you hear that go around our flag. And what we wanted to do is we wanted to kind of present the unfiltered history of our flag, the creation of the symbols, mm-hmm. how they've been used uh, up until today in the debate that's going on and the efforts that are going on at the moment. And so uh, it's kind of a um, it, it's, it's very much a passion project of mine. It's, a, it's an issue that I, I feel very, um, you know, very close to. Otherwise, we certainly wouldn't be, be uh, doing it and putting so much uh, attention to detail mm-hmm. into that particular project, uh, especially because it is a labor of love with absolutely no money attached to right. it, which for the most part, I can't really afford to do these days. But with this one, it's a bit different. So, um, yeah, the, the, the thought behind that is, you know, can, can a podcast, can we use this medium as an education tool to um, really kind of expose uh, you know, some some folks to to perhaps a different way of thinking that they may not have thought about before, or or just to kind of uh, present some some uh, s- some earnest and and honest um, 
history. I mean, like, right. you know, the, the, the great thing about it is, um, especially for the first six episodes of that miniseries is they're predominantly history mm-hmm. and you know, the history is, is it's not kind, is it? I mean, no, it's, it's honest not. when it all comes down to it, it, it's very honest. So I do, uh, I do hope that people will check it out. It's called red flag. Uh, you can find it at redflagpod.com. And it's available on iTunes and Spotify. It actually just released fourth quarter this year, so uh, earlier this year from when this this podcast goes out. And um, yeah, check it out. Even if you're not from Mississippi, you may uh, you may find it interesting. So again, that's redflagpod.com. And then beyond that, man, that has been that has been a year in the making. So that has kind of consumed uh, a lot of what we've been up to. Uh, there are some projects that we're looking at into next year that have to do with taking what we've created in shows like Country Squire Radio, uh, taking those to the next step. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm really excited about some of the things that we've got in the works. I can't really talk right. about them as of yet, but suffice to say, our our goal is to um, really kind of grow uh, what what you know the kind of the foundation that's been laid over the last several years. And uh, yeah, and I, I that, like I said, that's that's probably all I can say about it right. at the moment. But we're excited for uh, 2019 for sure. It sounds like you got some uh, good things coming up in the future. And I have been listening to Red Flag since uh, well, I found I, I knew it was coming. I found it after I think the second episode had dropped. Downloaded both of them. I've listened up to current and re- in real time, so that's episode four. I just listened to it yesterday on uh, walking my kid home from school. Oh, it's right. perfect length for that, really. Actually, you know, there's about twenty minute walk <laughs> with a five year old walking beside you. <laughs> but I've enjoyed it so far. The history, like you said, is great in there. It's been a great education. It's just to give you a little bit of personal history for me. Through my mother's side, my family comes from the U.S. and oh, is that right? And I was able to track a lot of my like through my grandmother's side down into the into the South. And the reason I started doing this is because it was passed around my family that we were descended from General Robert E. Lee. I was able to prove that wrong, <laughs> but that's what got me into it. There were there, at the time back in the back in the Civil War era, there were two Lee families operating in the South. General Robert E. Lee, of course, but we were descended from a Lieutenant Robert E. Lee from a different family. So you can see where the confusion gotcha. happened. But it was enough to yeah, of course, it, it yeah. was enough to get me interested because I at least knew who General Robert E. Lee was. So went through it, found out found out about it, got digging into the Southern history. I also have a background in telecom. Oh, do you really? Yeah, and I spent uh, about three months back just after Katrina in Lafayette, Louisiana, helping open a call center. So while I was down there, I was able to see some of the symbology and whatnot that was there at the time. I think some of it's been taken down now or all of it. I'm not sure. But uh, it was enough when I heard about Red Flag to to get me interested with my family connection and having basically lived in the Deep South for a few months. I'm going to pull the curtain back here, as I've heard you say many times on the live show for the <laughs> listeners. That's not that's not my original line. I got to give all credit to uh, a podcaster named Steve Glosson, uh, who I picked <laughs> that up from. I, I haven't listened to his shows in forever, but but he was one of my favorite podcasters back in the day. I had trouble coming up and rounding out these questions because because of uh, Country Squire Radio, I know a lot of listeners cross over, or at least a few of my listeners cross over. So I wanted to come up with some original questions. And I had some problems with it. So I reached out to a couple club members that I know, Matthew Butler and uh, Bear Pipes. Between the three of us, we came up with uh, 
two other questions for me to answer. So you and John David have not made any attempt to keep your faith out of things, which is great. So what the, the consensus on this question is, do you guys ever catch any flack from the faith re- community regarding smoking pipes? Ooh, great question. Um, John David, probably more so than me, I would assume. Um, you know, it is, I, I'll put it this way. So I, I exist in um, almost kind of like a lot of silos based on the different shows that I'm involved in. And there mm-hmm. are a couple of different faith-based shows that, that I am involved in. Uh, however, they, they generally come from a more reformed tradition. Okay. Uh, which for those on, you know, uh, that are not familiar with kind of the, the various denominations or, or various kind of schools of thought there, d- suffice to say, this is a group of Christians that are generally going to be okay with pipes and pipe tobacco. So it's, yep. um, there, there are some, you know, there's some Baptists, but let's be honest, the Baptists are smoking pipes as well. They're smoking cigars. They're just not telling people about it. So, you know, they're, they're, that's, uh, there's, there's very little flag flag from that standpoint. Um, but you know, I, I do find that when I do tell people about Country Squire Radio and like, you know, when I kind of go through our Rolodex of podcasts that we do, um, I you know, and maybe this is just the nature of going with niche podcasting, but mm-hmm. almost every single topic of every single show is going to be controversial to somebody. Yeah. So I always kind of brace for impact whenever I tell somebody <laughs> about the kind of the, the general pitch for any of the show. Uh, but honestly, Matt, I, I really have not experienced that. Um, there was one person that did just bite my head off once, and it was while I was in Florida uh, representing for a different company, and we were sitting down, we were talking about different things, and I let my guard down. Like, this right. is the first ever time I did not, like, brace for impact. And part of it, because this was a this was a podcast, um, I guess, convention where there was a bunch of different podcasters there, and I was... I, I didn't go in thinking that I was going to be like a big dog, mm-hmm. but based on kind of the the numbers that most of the people there had, I was like, oh, I was like, well, I'm not even here for Pottery, but if I was, like, we would be kind of like a big power player in the midst of this this group. And so I was I was trying to give best practices mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. And I, I talked about Country Squire Radio. I talked about you know pipe pipe tobacco. And um, this particular person really took offense to the fact that there was a podcast about tobacco in general. And she kind of came from the mindset of like lumping us all in together, right. which is, you know, if you listen to the show, you know, uh, that's not our approach. We, we're, we're not, we are definitely not a pro cigarette, uh, podcast in, in the slightest. Um, I would even say, you know, I, I, for me personally, I'm not speaking for, for John David mm-hmm. here, but for me personally, I'm very anti-cigarette. Uh, we are specifically talking about pipe tobacco and premium tobacco products. Uh, and so it's, it's a different mindset. It's a different practice. Uh, you know, the, the idea of becoming addicted to anything or products that are built not for, you know, taking time to enjoy and that sort of thing, I think are, are bad in general, not just in the tobacco industry. But anyway, mm-hmm. all that said, that's kind of an aside. She <laughs> kind of lumped us in with this kind of, you know, uh, cigarette thing. And she was not necessarily, I don't believe, coming from a faith-based background. But that's the, honestly the only time that I've ever gotten flack. And so I've not personally gotten flack from kind of the the faith community uh, that's saying that, you know, in some way that this is hurting our witness. Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, on the flip side, too, you know, with uh, atheists or agnostics or, you know, um, or even friends from other faiths uh, that, that tune in, uh, you know, uh, Muslim, Jewish listeners as well, mm-hmm. you know, they, they appreciate the fact that we're, we're open about our faith. Like, it's not, you know, they'll, and they'll even say like, hey, you know, I, I don't I don't believe this, but I, I think that it's really great that you feel comfortable to be able to share kind of who you are um, without filtering that. So, um, yeah, we've we've actually we've been very uh 
well received, and I, I say that not as a not as a brag at all, but right. as, as almost kind of like a thank you. God in our audience has been gracious to us in that approach. Yeah, I actually understand the Baptist end of it. I am the one and only Baptist that I know that actually does a podcast about pipe smoking. <laughs> <laughs> but let's be honest, man. They're all they're no, all. No, you're the absolutely the right. Puffing on their cigars, you know, it's that it's that quiet Baptist men's group that's getting together and smoking to uh, cigars back in Bill's you know backyard. Oh, <laughs> that's, for sure, that's happening. Not with all of them, but I'm I'm sure I'm not. I know I'm not the only one. There's one of our deacons at the church is in a group that I get together with on occasion. So I know it's it's just it's just the whole appearance <laughs> that's trying to be kept. That's what that is. That's exactly right. Okay, and for the second consensus question from the the little group I got together off of all topics of uh, pipe smoking and whatnot, but this is one that I thought was fun. If you could be a Marvel character, which one would you be and why? Oh, man. Look at you. All right. Great question. Great question. So I grew up and Spider-Man was like my hero. Right. Um, growing up, I had two two heroes. That was Luke Skywalker and, and Peter Parker. Okay. Uh, and so, you know, I it's, it's hard for me to answer anything other than Spider-Man for that reason. That being said, um, I'm a short and stocky guy. Mm -hmm. And so from that, like the only superhero that I can get away with dressing up at for for Halloween with any kind of like legitimate, you know, you got the build for it would be Wolverine. And I'm talking pre Hugh Jackson Wolverine back when he was short and stocky because right. that was the great thing. Wolverine and Puck were like the only two short superheroes. And so uh, and so from that standpoint, I guess I should probably say Wolverine. <laughs> If we're if we're talking like who who I'm gonna like you know don don the garb of then uh, then definitely Wolverine, but uh, yeah man Spider Man really captured my imagination as a kid I'll I'll never forget where I was uh, when I saw that very first Spider Man trailer for the Sam Raimi Spider Man oh yeah uh, that of course this was before you know it was pre nine eleven and and you know the bank robbers were caught in this giant spider web between the two towers right. and it cut away to you know, the reflection in his eye. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, you know, this is before the age where the internet gave you all the trailers and trailer reactions before the trailers even hit mm -hmm. the theaters. So I had no idea this was coming. I thought it was going to be Neo that was pulling this like string of the helicopter that was getting away. Mm -hmm. And I mean, my, just, my mind was blown. So, and uh, yeah, so as somebody who grew up with, with Spider-Man, I guess, I guess if I had the ability to not only get the power set, but also the physical build. Yeah, I want to be, I want to be Spider-Man. Spider-Man. That would have actually been my choice too. I don't <laughs> have, I have the height, but I don't have the slenderness that you need for Spider-Man. <laughs> I stand right. in That's at right. about six foot, but I'm also one of these stocky barrel chested guys. So I'd be like a Hugh Jackman Wolverine, but uh, yeah. I couldn't pull Spider-Man off either. Well, I'll tell you this, man. When I, the, the first time I ever went to New York City, uh, I guess it was technically the second time, but the, the first real time I was able to explore the city, like I was walking around and looking up at the the buildings, thinking, "When Spider Man going <laughs> to fly by?" Like I, I know, I know this is going to happen. Like, like in my head, Spider Man is is right now swinging across uh, the skyline of New York City. But I will mention this: uh, while I was there that first time, you know, we had the opportunity to visit Nat Sherman mm -hmm. and do a uh, interview with them, and they actually took me down to their their club level where I got to see Robert Downey Jr.'s uh, cigar case. So I, I even took a, a picture with his, uh, with his locker. And so that was the closest I ever got to Iron Man's right. cigars. So uh, there you go. I just, I just tied it all the way back to uh, premium tobacco. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Okay, so well, that's the end of the questions. Um, again, thanks, Bo, for agreeing to do this. I know you got a lot on your plate running the company and whatnot. I really appreciate you kind of taking the time to come out and be on, on my podcast. It's 
been fun. Oh man, look, I'm I'm more than happy to do it. You make a great show. Uh, you know, we've been enjoying uh, seeing seeing your progress and and also just listening into uh, just some some good quality content. You know, I think that as the as the community grows, as kind of the uh, the the internet. Uh, spaces out there, the various forums, podcasts, YouTube channels. You know, for a lot of us, this is a, this is our a chance to get to know each mm-hmm. other and to have that sense of community that uh, I think so many long for. So you're doing a great job, and and you know, uh, playing playing a part to that broader community online, and um, you do good work, man. I'm 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 honored to be on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, and the last thing I always do, social media. Do you want to put out where people can follow you if they don't already know? Absolutely. Um, I'm pretty much, I do my best to stay off of Facebook as much as humanly possible. Yep. Um, but I am on Twitter uh, pretty much constantly. In fact, you know, it's it's generally better if you want to get a hold of me, tweet me rather than email or <laughs> or text me. <laughs> like if you tweet me, then you're likely to get a response. So you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at the real Bo York. And I spell my name B-E-A-U, at the real Bo York. Uh, you can also fi- follow the Country Squire Radio. You can follow us on Twitter, at Squire Radio. We're also Facebook.com slash Country Squire Radio. Um, and then, of course, if you go to CountrySquireRadio.com, that's got all our social information, links to the YouTube channel, and, uh, and links to the podcast as well, uh, where we are... Pushing towards 300, man. I think uh, we did the math, and it sounds like we'll be hitting uh, episode 300 in this coming year. So excited for nice. uh, what that means. So yeah, looking looking forward to that. CountrySquireRadio.com for all that information and uh, social media links as well. All right, and there we will end it off. Thanks again, Bo. Have a good day. Absolutely, brother. Okay, so I don't know if you guys caught it or not, but there was there was something said there near the end that I just wasn't quite prepared for, and it was when Bo said he was honored to have been on the show, and, and the compliment that he, he actually paid me, it actually struck me speechless for the briefest of moments. I edited out a, a bit of it, because that little pause there was longer, but uh, I am I'm, I was just shocked that I was paid that compliment from, from Bo. And it just stopped me in my tracks. I just wanted everybody to know I didn't ignore it. I just didn't know what to say to it. And and Bo, if you're listening today, man, thank you very much for that compliment. I, I really, really appreciated what you said uh, when we recorded the interview. But that's it for this particular installment, everybody. Have a good one. I would certainly be glad to get any feedback that anyone may have on this or previous episodes. You can contact me either through email via maplecitymedia at gmail.com or you can contact me through Maple City Media's Twitter handle at Media Maple or the show's Twitter handle at MC Pipecast or my own personal one at DRAllen201. You've been listening to Maple City Pipecast, a member of the Maple City Media Network. For information on this and other shows, please visit maplecitymedia.wordpress.com. Thanks for listening, everybody, and good smokes.